Thank you for listening to Preaching the Word with Nathan Deitch. Welcome to another lesson in the first principles of the Apostles. Today's lesson comes from the second book in this series called Belonging to the Family of Families. This is the third lesson in that book. Today's lesson is entitled, Living Within a Family of Believers. Today, we're going to look at what it means to live in the family of believers. During the days of the early church, there was something known as household texts. And they gave instructions and guidelines as to how to live in a household. These types of texts fell in one of two kinds of categories. Texts for individual households and texts for larger households or communities of people. The Apostle Paul uses both types of texts to speak to the church, addressing both individual homes and the larger household of God in the local church. In this lesson, we're going to look at an individual household text, and in our next lesson, we'll look at a larger household text. There are three individual household texts in the New Testament. Ephesians 5, 22 through 6, 9, Colossians 3, 18 through 4, 1, and 1 Peter 3, 1 through 7, all hold household texts. Today, we're going to look at the passage from Ephesians. Ephesians 5, 22 through 6, 9 reads, Wives, Submit to your own husbands, as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands Love your wives, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but he nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, 
and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service as people-pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he's a bondservant or he's free. Masters, do the same to them, and stop your threatening, knowing he who is both their master and yours in heaven, and that there's no partiality with him. So, as I mentioned earlier, these are household texts, and they're in the letters to the churches. They're a form of framework for understanding God's design for the family. Remember, it was Paul's job description to reveal God's administration, or the house order, to the family. And in these passages, Paul is addressing the guidelines for individual families. These guidelines are the very design of Jesus Christ for families in creation. They're part of his plan for his family, the church, and therefore they should be practiced by all churches. The structure of this passage is very simple. Paul addresses each member of the family, wives, husbands, children, fathers, slaves, and masters. The entire household unit is addressed, and they're addressed in a very logical order. He first addresses the one under authority, and then he addresses the one with the authority. Wives are to submit to their husbands, children are to obey their parents, and slaves are to obey their masters. Husbands are to love their wives, fathers are to patiently train their children, and masters are to treat their slaves kindly. The purpose for slaves and master being mentioned is that many households at that time included servants. Some were hired, and some were indentured. The instructions to slaves and masters are primarily applicable to cultures where a similar household structure still exists today. Some people argue that this passage only applied to the early church. However, there are serious problems with that kind of thinking. First, it was Paul's job description to explain how Christ wanted the church ordered. And that's exactly what the apostle is doing here. He's giving order to the individual households of faith. Second, 
The purpose of the entire letter to the Ephesians was to teach the church at Ephesus how to walk as Christians. This passage is a major part of that instruction. Then there are other people that argue that this is not teaching a wife to submit to her husband, but there should be mutual submission to each other. And at some level, this is true, as all believers are to be considerate of each other. However, this submission of love toward each other is in the context of our roles within the family. Husbands are to lead their wives in love, and wives are to follow and respect their husbands. Children are to obey their parents, and fathers are to assume their responsibility of shaping the spiritual direction of their children. Slaves are to submit to their masters, and masters are to deal patiently with their slaves. In our contemporary Western culture, these kind of instructions at first can seem very foreign, and to some, outdated and archaic. Our culture today communicates a very different message, one that's opposite of God's guidelines for families. And what's the result that we see? Families fragmenting, authority breaking down, and a generation of children without the benefits of character and the security of a stable family life, where men lead their homes. One of the best books on the family breakdown in America is by David Blankenhorn, called Fatherless America, Confronting Our Most Urgent Social Problem. In it, he says, Once the father's role as a leader of the family is abandoned, all levels of family and community begin to disintegrate. Movements like promise keepers will have little lasting value if we fail to follow Christ's instructions for our homes and churches. Christ has a plan for his church, which includes guidelines for individual families. He expects us to follow it, and he gives us very good reasons to do so. As we wrap up today, let me leave you with this one question. Why do you think Christ designed an individual household to function the way he did? Thank you for joining us today, and God bless you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understandings. Thank you.